0: And gentlemen, the next United leader States leader heavyweight leader. champion, Ravishing Rick Brown. There's nothing in my dreams, just some ugly memories. Kiss me like the ocean breeze. Please welcome the newest members of the Dangerous Alliance. I'm Anderson and Larry Zabisco. Will be my love. The world's greatest athlete and newest member of the Dangerous Alliance, the world's TV champion, stunning Steve Austin. Nothing left alive but a pair of glassy eyes. Raise my one more time. Please welcome one of Sting's best friends and a little stinger himself, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful Bobby V. Up. It's not an army, it's not a stable, and it's not a family. It's an alliance of businessmen
1: who will bring WCW down to its knees. Northstop Connection, welcome to episode number six of the Seven Months of Danger. I am your host, John Kidd, and tonight we are looking at the second half of November 30th, and we are going to run through December 7th. Um, and we are officially on our way to start Game 91, which we will talk about, uh, obviously, here in a few episodes. Uh, so before we begin tonight's episode, uh, my co-host, is always, uh, Matt Soutza, how are you tonight?
2: Sean, good to be here, as always. Uh, the last episode featured a lot of hot crap. And uh, so hopefully this one won't feature nearly as much hot crap.
1: Um. There's definitely some crap, but I feel like maybe there's not as much crap, but I could be in a minority, so we'll see how that plays out for us tonight, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's definitely some crap on here. Uh, Scott Shifflin, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. Um, I think this episode's matches will be a lot better than last episode, but we have no Paulie promo on this one, guys.
1: Nope. Uh, This is a very match-heavy episode tonight, for sure. And last but not least, uh, Logan Crossland, how are you tonight?
4: Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and yeah, ho- hopefully we can rebound from uh, last episode, because uh, other than that promo, it was pretty trash.
1: It was, so we are going to jump right into it, and like the last episode, I am going to start with uh, Meltzer notes, and these notes are from December 9th, 1991. So first up, still not certain what the status is regarding Harley Race, tell from last week's news. Race was given notice, as was every manager except Polly Dangerously. Medusa, and Teddy Long, who won't be managing anyone, but since he's still under contract, they'll use him on television, but he won't be traveling. Over the past week, I've been told every story under the sun regarding Race's future, from everything is staying the way it was before he was given notice and will work full-time to he'll just work television and not work road shows anymore. Lex Luger is clearly stayed, uh, staying. He's still under contract for a long time, which, uh, spoiler alert, is a lie. Uh. And we will be working the England tour as well. Luger's quitting last week, apparently, because of the decision to drop Race. Lasted maybe an hour or two. So uh, <laughs> WCW, everybody. I'm going to go through all these, and I'll let you guys comment so we can just knock them all out at once. Uh, next one. I'm not sure of the details of Rick Steamboat's contract, but believe he'll be working 100 dates uh, a year schedule similar to Big Van Vader. There have been no major changes in the hierarchy of this company, despite all the rumors that have gone around. Jim Crockett is in more of a power position and lots of changes. More emphasis on those with wrestling ability. And the devaluation of pushes for guys like uh, Van Hammer, Marcus Bagwell, and El Higante. Well, this is also a bullface lie because they're still focusing on the fucking free birds. So. Um, <laughs> uh, but Jim Hurd is still the man in charge. Uh, and then the other note Medusa broke her nose in a match with Bambi last week, but will be working until having surgery on her nose later this week.
4: What a shock. Uh,
1: yep, Starcade is coming up. There's something kind of humorous about the hype that WCW is donating a portion of the proceeds for Starcade to the Starlight Foundation. What is actually happening is that they are raising the price of the event from 1995 to 1999, so they can donate the four cents in between to the Starlight Foundation. Jesus God. Oh, goddamn WCW. Uh, Steve Austin and Tom Zink missed this weekend with the flu. Um, note, PN News COVID from the match we will watch tonight probably took them both out. Um the best, <laughs> Meltzer, the best match I saw on WCW television was on Worldwide which was a six-man with Anderson and Zabisco and Eaton beating Pillman, Zinc and Graham, which was the match we discussed on the last episode. So, once again, Sean is right
2: because we agreed. No, no. Negative.
1: All right. So, on our last episode, we talked about Paul Lee pipping the Omni show. Well, here are the results of the Omni show, and we're actually going to see two, uh, two snippets tonight of two of those matches. So, listen to this card. November 28th at the Omni in Atlanta. It drew only 3,800. As Tom Zink and Arachnaman and Big Josh beat uh, the York Foundation when Tom Zink pinned pin Taylor? And they did break the breakup spot right after. So apparently the York Foundation is done. Uh, Big Van Vader, thank God, pinned PN News. Medusa beat Bambi. Um, I, will not spoiler, I will not spoil uh, the sting match. Uh, Cactus Jack pinned uh, Van Hammer. Scott Steiner beat Curtis Hughes. I will not spoil the tag team match. And last but not least, Lex Luger pinned Steiner. I'm told Luger Steiner could not follow the rude sting match or the tag team title match. And again, we'll talk about those two matches tonight. So, Tusa, anything on any of those notes that I just ran off from Meltzer?
2: Uh, Two things really stuck out to me. One is uh, uh, Meltzer saying that uh, Lex Luger is under contract for a long time. (laughs) Ha! Is he now? We'll find out. And uh, the second one is uh, Luger quitting, uh, lasting an hour or two. That is unspeakably
1: funny. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny too. That might be, the second funniest thing to me is the four cent pay per view increase to mm-hmm. donate and say, "Hey, look, we're donating to people." That that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, Schiff. What about you? Um.
3: Luger quit until he looked to see how much he owed on his mortgage and was like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Um, Steamboat, you know, got a pretty good deal. 100 dates. I mean, it's not like from the crowds we saw. Something like WSW was selling out a lot anyway. Um, the Omni sounds like a hot show. Sadly, only 3,800. Um, maybe that's why Bambi shouldn't um, be wrestling. Uh, she breaks Medusa's nose. I know... Uh, Logan was really upset with that. I was,
1: waiting. So now, I was that. Waiting, for, I'm waiting for Logan to comment <laughs> on that one. But it uh, um,
3: just sounds like a crazy and the scumbag thing with them raising it four cents. And like, yeah, it's just it's bad. Who scumbag
1: does who moved does by WCW. Does anybody out here do a good Jim Hurd uh, impression?
2: Mm, I do not.
1: Okay, that's a shame because I could use a good Jim Hurd telling everybody to raise the pay-per-views by four cents so they can get publicity for donating to a charity. I think that would pop me a little bit, but that's okay uh logan anything on the notes that i just talked about for you uh, i
4: was saying, i don't know that i've ever heard him speak so i i couldn't even uh begin to uh even think about doing an impression there but uh I, maybe so i'll Tony listen to
1: Schiavone does a really good gym heard if you ever listen to his pod he does a good one. Uh,
4: okay um maybe i'll look up a video and i'll try my best uh on next time um but yeah literally recording for about an hour or two is pretty funny um but yeah, pretty much everything else uh, sounds sounds about right. Uh, the four cents thing is bullshit and stupid. Uh, I'm sure the broken nose didn't uh, make uh, Medusa look any uglier. So, uh. <laughs> wow, well, <laughs> well, no sold that one. I'm just well, kidding. No, I was just um, saying, well,
1: clearly, she didn't get surgery on it because she came back with the same honker she did when she broke it. That's what I was. Yeah,
4: that, that, yeah. That, that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 I, I'm surprised that it didn't draw very many more fans, but I think that was kind of the uh, that was kind of how this time period start to happen. So, um, but yeah, uh, we'll talk about those two matches as we go through the episode. Uh, but those were those were the huge um, those are the huge matches that happened at that show. So we'll talk about them.
1: All right, so All right. that closes out. You know, I don't think we, I don't think we gave enough credit to your comment about uh, Medusa looking like uh, Connecticut Triple H, Blue Blood Triple H, on the last episode. So mm-hmm. that now I have that visual in my head and I can't get it out of my head. So uh, <laughs> fuck you very much for that, Logan Crossland. <laughs> that. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so let's jump into our matches tonight. Again, we're covering the second part of November 30th, 1991, and we're going to run through December 7th, 1991. Your champs. Your TV champ is still Steve Austin. Your U.S. champion is Rick Rude. Your light heavyweight champion is uh, Brian Pillman. Your six-man tag team champions have now broke up. I don't know what happens to the six-man titles at this point, and I don't give a fuck. The U.S. tag team champions are the Patriots, and your tag team champions are still Rhodes and Steve Boat, and your world champion is Lex Luger. Um, So we're going to go right out off to the Saturday night from November 30th. So this is the second part of November 30th um, for the first part we covered on our last episode. Uh, where we left off with uh, the great Steve Austin versus Michael Hayes TV title match. Um, The Lethal Lottery video is played on this week's WCW magazines uh, to build to uh, Battle Bowl. So we we haven't talked about Battle Bowl too much because I feel like we brought it up during the clash. Now they played another promo video for it. And honestly, what is there really to preview, guys? Uh, For me, at the end of the day, these promo videos don't really sell it. I mean, they sell it to the point of where They show their most popular wrestlers in the video, thinking that you're going to get what you're going to some really cool matchups and mixed tags. And we'll talk about the reality of that when we get to that pay-per-view. So you might not hear a whole lot about lethal lottery as we build to it because honestly, there's not much fucking build. And so we're going to jump into our first match of Saturday night. It is the ever returning the Patriots (laughs) versus Aaron Anderson. and Bobby. (sighs) So yeah, you hear the great size. So let's jump into it. Uh, by the way, the Dangerous Alliance music is growing on me. I don't know. Every time I hear it, that I don't know how you feel about that music, but I love that song. Um, I love JR saying one of the greatest tag team combos today about Arn and Eaton, and they've only been a team for exactly one week. Uh, so I, I do agree it's a great tag team, but it's hard to say they're one of the greatest of all time when they've only been together. like This is the first time we've seen them really as a tag team. Uh, reuniting with JR in commentary is Paulie Dangerously, who describes Eaton and Anderson as the best tag team in the world because they are singularly the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. So Paulie, once again, using logic. I love Paul shitting on Steamboat and his family, which absolutely cracked me up because uh, Bonnie Steamboat has been the antichrist of Steamboat's career for most of it up to this point. Uh, Paul Lee says that Arn and Bobby have been the best of friends and the worst of enemies, and that Arn was best man at Bobby's wedding, and that Bobby beat Arn for the World TV title several months ago. So I really like that uh, Paul Lee is really selling these guys as a team and a relationship. I think he's doing an amazing job here. Early on, the Patriots hold their own until Anderson backs Chip into his corner, and he, he, Eaton hits him with the right hand and turns to Tide. The heels beat up on Chip until he makes the hot tag. Well, hot as it can be. Although a majority of the crowd responds with apathy, which I think is hilarious. Champion beats up on both Bobby and Arn, and then Champion suddenly seems lost and doesn't know which one to hit next. And Polly totally mocks him on commentary, which is hilarious. Uh, Chip comes in and fights Bobby. Tide hits uh Double A with a clothesline and a flying shoulder block off the top turnbuckle, but when he covers Arn, referee Randy Anderson is busy escorting Chip back to his corner. Eaton to the top turnbuckle and lands an Alabama jam across the back of Champion's head, which looked amazing, allowing Anderson to roll over and score the pinfall. Arn and Bobby beat on Chip and hold him up so that Medusa can then kick him in the head. I went two stars on this. I thought it was solid by Eaton and Anderson Further, their push pushes a tag team. Side note, the Patriots are also the current United States champion, although this was mentioned, and they didn't wear the belts because they had already dropped the belts to the Young Pistols back on November 5th in a match that went there until December. Tusa, I'll go to you first. What What'd you think of this match? I went two stars.
2: Uh, Two stars, huh? Well, uh, no, not quite. Uh... Ah, uh, Medusa uh, wearing a tablecloth during this match. So that I thought that was that was very interesting. Uh, I love how the
1: apathy and the energy of the matches every time the Patriots are on just goes like from zero to one hundred. It's like one hundred to zero. <laughs> uh, no, not quite. Uh, go ahead. Well, what
2: the fuck else am I supposed to talk uh, about? It's a Patriots uh, match.
1: <laughs> I just love it. I love it so much. Oh, God, they
2: suck so much. And, and now it's getting to the point where the crowd doesn't give a shit about a match featuring Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. That's when you know the Patriots fucking suck. When the crowd is just does not give a single shit about a match with Anderson and Eaton. Oh, God, there was a hideous drop kick at one point by champion. The crowd doesn't care. You get a mild tag uh, at one point. After the hot the mile tag champion comes in and starts punching both Arn and Bobby and then at some point he got confused like he forgot who he was punching and Paulie calls it out on commentary by shouting make up your mind who do you want to punch so uh, <laughs> good on Paul Paulie for doing that because oh God they sucked. Uh, Bobby hits the Alabama Jam off the top for the win. Uh, I thought that was the best-looking move of the match because just about everything the Patriots did absolutely sucked. Uh, I believe this is the last time we are seeing the Patriots, correct, Sean? Uh, This is one of the last
1: times, I believe, yes.
2: One of the last times. Well, thank God. I'm
1: not 100% positive, and I don't want to
2: overcommit. Of of course not. Why would you want to? But, uh, yeah, this was uh, hot... Hot garbage. Uh, the Patriots are fucking butt. One star.
1: I thought this is one of their better matches, but that's – listen, I thought for me – So did you know, I. One star. Uh, <laughs> Arn – okay, give me this. Paulie was really good on commentary.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, Paulie's not one of the Patriots. He's not okay. the problem. All right. Uh, Shif, what did you think?
3: I actually agree with you, Sean. Uh, wow. I, I have, uh, have a note here that Arn makes champion look competent. Um, Pauly was amazing on commentary um, I really love the Alabama Jam off the top rope that's what I mentioned Last episode that I wish you had done to Pillman in that six man but um, Luckily we got it here And I love Medusa doing the karate Kick as a spoiler alert for Everyone you'll be seeing Medusa doing a lot of Karate kicks this episode I'm mm-hmm. going to star In three
1: quarters okay So pretty similar Logan how about you
4: Fucking karate Kicks fucking Medusa Bullshit. <laughs> um yeah she was wearing the poofy shirt from uh <laughs> seinfeld in, in this uh, before this <laughs> match so um yeah just another interesting outfit choice for her but i i, I actually agree with sean as well um i went one and a half so i let went lower than you but i, I agree that the patriots looked better than they have i thought chip didn't look bad at the start he kind of outwitted Arn for a little bit and you know the patriots kind of dominated most of this one champion and uh Champion and uh, Fire Firebreaker Chip kind of dominated arn for the early part of it, and it made me question: Aren't we supposed to be glorifying this faction that we're talking about? Isn't this whole thing talking about how great the Dangerous Alliance is, and yeah. they just keep getting their ass kicked in all these matches? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's an annoying trend for sure. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I thought there was a pretty awesome right hand by Bobby at one point in the. Aaron follows it up with a pretty equally awesome t- clothesline. I thought that was great. Uh, another alliance escape uh, escape job as usual, uh, but it was good. Really good to see the Alabama jam. So uh, I love that he finished the match with that. And I kind of wish, like Schiff said, he had done that in the uh, uh, six man as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I went one and a half on it.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a formula they have for the factions here, where the faces get a lot of offense, and then the, the heels beat up on them. Then there's a high, like there's definitely a formula to this. And I think as we go through this podcast and Logan's brought it up that, you know, honestly, there's supposed to be this dominant heel faction. And they tend to like have to sell sell like crazy for these half ass freaking wrestlers like the next wrestler we're going to talk about. Uh, Logan, what was the final rating on that match? One point five, six. All right. So probably the highest Patriots match we'll ever have or see, because I don't think we ever see them again on this show. I'm not sure. Thank God. All right. Our second match of the night, uh, Steve Austin, who, unfortunately and I forgot to ask you at the beginning, uh, the whole uh, most dangerous whatever we'll, re- we'll review that at the end today. Um, but it is Sonny Steve Austin, in another yet TV title defense, not against the free bird, but it's against a Man, who is uh, Bad Street, who used to be Brad Armstrong. So Brad Armstrong is now a rock the man, so we'll start out. A rat a man makes a meth- mess with his webs, literally comes out and webs shoot all over the place. It's just a big, hot mess. And he's like actually trying to reel him in as he freaking gets to the ring. And it's, it's just stupid. Rick Rude joins JR on commentary to promote an upcoming rematch against Sting at a house show in Jacksonville, Florida, and puts over Steve Austin as a hot young star. When asked for his thoughts on Scott Steiner as a potential contender for stunning Steve's TV title, Rude praises him as a phenomenal athlete but isn't sure he can beat Austin. Uh, and I thought that was a pretty random Steiner mention at the time because they haven't really talked about Scott Steiner like in the singles realm, which was pretty funny. Arachnaman does arm drags and arm barbs, arm bars, uh, then rest holds by Rude. Um, and uh, sorry, then uh, it's termed rest holds. I'm sorry. So Arachnaman does arm drags and arm bars, which Rick Rude terms as rest holds, uh, to ground Austin until he manages to dump Arachnaman through the ropes. Rude believes that Arachnaman's movements seem familiar. It suggests that Austin could polish up his skills and achieve his potential by following Rick, ravishing Rick Rude's uh, lead. Um, so it was kind of funny here where Rude was kind of saying, oh, he seems familiar. We're kind of shitting on the fact that Brad Armstrong isn't a stupid gimmick. While Rude and Ross argue over the World Tag Team title situation at the Clash, Austin controls by slowing the pace, but then with to rack the into the corner and um, somersaulting in with a spear to earn two. When Austin attempts to maneuver a second time, Arachnaman moves and Steve hits the ring post, leading to Arachnaman comeback. Rude, very confused, not knowing if this is a title match and would rather have been picking his teeth. He was clearly bored and not very good on the commentary. <laughs> Leaping clothesline off the top scores near fall, but Paul Lee hops on an apron to distract the referee, Nick Patrick, tosses his phone in the ring. Um, on the turnbuckles, an Iraqman dies off with a flying headbutt and Austin cracks him with the phone on the way down to retain the title. Um, okay, again, here is Austin having to cheat to beat a very clear B wrestler. Uh, and the last note I made in this, why is Arachna Man? I went 1.75 stars. And again, this Austin awesome trend of being better and should be beating these freaking jobbers, he has to either cheat or he doesn't beat them at all. And that's starting to get fucking annoying. Logan, I'll go to you first. What'd you think of this match?
4: Yeah, I mean, I could believe that, uh, you know, the Freebirds were good at blowing Jim Hurt or whoever was making the boogie decisions at this point a little better than maybe a Ragnar Man was. But I don't I just don't get it. Uh, he, He must have a vendetta against Austin or something. but I don't know um i'm learning that austin is very good at uh making his opponents look good uh, which mm-hmm. i think he makes reactman mm-hmm. look good he's really good at selling and you know taking offense from these guys but i wish i just wish i could see one match where he just absolutely whoops one of these goofs asses but i uh, i just i guess we're not going to see it uh, we we probably won't, i don't think we see it in this episode and i, I don't know when we may see it eventually but uh, i just would really like to especially Arachnum, man, like the freebirds were at least good at some point or over, maybe not good, but they were over at some point, but you know, a fucking erector man, just kick his ass. Like just, you know, whip him up real good. But, uh, I made the note that Austin inspired a young Conan by busting out the rolling clothesline. He <laughs> did that did that a couple of times. So I definitely had to pull that one out. Um, Rude seemed shockingly impartial. Like, I feel like he commented on how good Arachnoman looked at one point, and he wasn't really, like, hyping Austin up. He kind of shit on him a couple of times. But I
1: felt so, like he was bored, though. He, like, yeah, he didn't, that too. He didn't, bring anything, mm-hmm. he didn't bring anything to commentary, and I thought it was really bad.
4: Yeah, and I almost wonder if he's, like, not into this whole faction thing. Like, maybe... Maybe he just wants to be his own guy, but he's just kind of going along with it because he knows that he'll be prominently featured. But yeah, just another escape job by Austin. I hate to, hated to see it, um, but I went one and a half because I think he did
1: make Ragnarok look pretty good uh, in the match. Okay. Uh Susan, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I went two on it. I'm with you guys. Uh, the booking of Austin is just—it's super fucking weird. Like, I—I I, I don't understand what you're really gaining by having Austin having to cheat to beat a guy like fucking Arachnaman, who's basically just a gimmick wrestler. And I mean, I know it's Brad Armstrong under the mask, but for—and he's a good wrestler. But for God's sake, it's fucking Arachnaman. Like, what the hell are we doing? Um, I did think Austin, like you guys said, made Arachnaman look really good. So, which is why I went two on it because I—I thought. You know, it, it was a pretty, uh, a perfectly solid match. Uh Rude uh, kept mispronouncing Arachnaman's name. He kept saying Arachman or Arachaman.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that was very entertaining. But yeah, I mean, I I get what they're trying to accomplish by having Austin cheat to win and having Paulie throwing the phone. But just have him win a match, especially against a guy like this. Like, come on, just have him hit the stun gun and win. It wouldn't hurt anything. So, uh, yeah, uh, two stars for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess the
1: good news is that we're seeing Austin win all these matches, but he's not really getting – I mean, at least for me, he's not getting over as who he should be in those wins. And I think that's starting to become a bad trend. Ship, what do you think?
3: I went two stars on this. Um, Man being from Web City is amazing. Um, <laughs> I love rude trying to figure out who Arachnoman was reminded me of when um bobby was trying to figure out who doink was he's like i've seen these movements before it's like both of them say like exact the exact same thing which i thought was funny um and the jr and rude actually missed uh austin hitting um uh with the phone at first they catch it on the replay he's like oh i didn't see that because it's so quick like i just thought like austin moved out of the way and like that's how we got the win but he actually clocks him in the head with the um with the phone which i thought was pretty good and this is where i ha- i mentioned this last episode where like austin really doesn't have a finisher like i know you guys told me it was the stun gun but like he uses it so little in these matches that mm. it's like yeah it's just like oh random random win austin like that's how that's how we get it like a back suplex or something like you know it's like 1943 out there and you know george whatever is
1: you know you know what I'm saying? Sure, I, know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. Um, Logan, what was the total on this? <laughs> 1.81. Bo- Jeff <laughs> is like, fuck this match. Let's move on. 1.81. <laughs> All right, total. All right. Our next segment here, on, how do I rebound from that? Um, I, lo- I love that this is all being recorded, and you know we're not editing shit out of this podcast because nope. we won't edit anything. All right, so we're still on November 30th, Saturday night. I feel like this, the Rack Man match <laughs> felt like it lasted forever. Um, so we're going to the Sting interview. So Sting does an interview here, and it's a sit-down interview with a very special, serious Sting with Jim Ross in an empty arena, uh, he's in his street clothes without face paint, and he's here to discuss uh, the knee situation and the attack by Alex Luger and the loss of his United States title. So this is the first real time we've really heard from Sting since he's lost the belt. Uh, they referenced a career-threatening knee injury he had suffered in 1990, um, which you recall where he fell off the cage and that started that whole Sting flare run. Sting admits that he had flashbacks when Luger clipped his leg from behind. He finds it strange that most of his p- opponents tend to target his knee. I don't know why that's fucking strange. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Idiot. Yeah, I put, well, I put, well, no shit. That's what you I don't, put. you don't say. Yeah. You don't say you just brought it up, but you find well, it strange.
3: Yeah. I, I take it as like the baby, like the baby face are supposed to fight honorable
1: and the heels don't. So that's what throws him off. That's I love, the way I, 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 it. I love your context, but sting is an idiot. Uh, <laughs> okay. How
4: dare you? Well, I, like, I love sting, but he's a fucking idiot. For I mean, saying for, that. first Absolutely. off,
1: he succumbed to Medusa every second. Well, I said succumb. you see, how I did that. He succumbed oh. to his, uh, numerous times, and now he doesn't. I think that's the problem. He didn't dead. succumb. <laughs> and now he doesn't understand why they targeted his knee, and Sting is just an idiot. Although his left knee is banned, Sting states that the knee is fine, and he would be back at 100% for his three matches with Rude. Then he brings up the topic of the Luger attack. JR notes that Lex Luger and Sting are longtime friends and business partners outside the squared circle, and Sting acknowledges that there has been a rift that has hurt him emotionally as well as physically. Ding is focused on his plans to become the number one contender to Lex Luger's world title by regaining the U.S. title. And he asked the fans to stick with him and don't give up on him because he will be back on top soon. Um, yeah, so I get what they were going for is being realistic. And I felt like it was a good sports-like interview that helped establish the gravity of the situation. Um, I think they were almost try- – it almost felt like for me they were trying to go for like that uh, flair when he was injured by Funk or maybe that Vader retirement match interview – um, and, uh, Sting cannot pull this off and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, this interview didn't do much for me. I think Sting looked like a total idiot and serious Sting does not make good for TV, but I'm probably in the minority cause I know most people like Sting. So Matt, what did you think?
2: This motherfucker talking about Lex Luger like it's Mother Teresa that turned on him. For God's sake, it's Lex Luger. What yeah. the hell's wrong? What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, it, it was a very different interview from Sting here than we're used to, but I, I think it's a case where you kind of needed serious sting for something like this as much as it pro- didn't really work. I-, I think you still needed it. I don't think it would have worked as well if it was the-, the wild and crazy looking to fuck Medusa and yelling sting. Like, I, I don't think that sting would have necessarily worked in a promo like this. I mean, it-, it it still wasn't the best promo by any stretch, but I think it was a necessary promo, if that makes sense. Also, decidedly less horny. So that's always a welcome a change from what we've seen out of sting lately. So. Yeah, this, it, it was perfectly fine for what it was. Would it be fair to say it was
1: a far cry from Sting wanting to give Medusa his little stinger?
2: Yes, uh, a very far cry from that. And also, uh, yes, of course everyone wants to go for the knee. Everybody knows you have a bad one. No shit. Is this your first day with the, with the WCW? For God's sake.
1: He's such an idiot babyface. I'm sorry, Chip. What did you think?
3: Uh, Sting, I, I have the rose-colored glasses, obviously, as I was trying to make... Um, You know, make it sound good. But I like him saying that the knee was good because, you know, that's a nice long term storytelling with um, wrestlers always wanting to attack the knee, him saying it was good and say that he's going to welcome Rude WCW his way. It really sets up um, wanting to see that Omni match, which thankfully we do get to see in a uh, couple matches from now. And, you know, asking the fans to stick with him, it would be. I don't really get that because, like, it's not like he came up short. In the match, like he was beaten up before the match and still came up short. It's not like he's continuously coming up short. It's not like he's Lex Luger against like Ric Flair or something and coming up short. So like telling the fans to stick with them, which as we've seen at all these um, all these matches, like you see little stingers in the crowd, like the kids with like the Sting face paint and everything. So like I'm not really sure why that last part was added.
1: Okay, yeah. So so did you like it or didn't you? I don't know if I got the vibe. Oh, I liked it. Okay, of course you did. You like everything. Uh, <laughs> Logan, how about you? Yeah,
4: I, I mean, the whole thing about not understanding why people go for the bad wheel, the bad leg, it's just it, it was so stupid that it kind of took me out of the rest of it. So, I mean, I i, I think it was good that he kind of showed a serious side uh, uh, throughout the interview saying that he's coming for rude. He's going to get his revenge. He wasn't 100% when they face each other, so he's going to get the real sting the next time. I don't know why at all he's ever shocked that Lex Luger does anything nefarious towards him. I know they're buddies and they've been business partners or whatever that JR said throughout this, um, but I mean he's constantly a bad guy and he's obviously a bad guy because he's got Harley Races as a uh, manager at this point. So I mean I, I wouldn't be shocked by anybody t- you know turning on him or going going after him if if they're Obviously, up to, up to no good uh, throughout the rest of whatever they do on on the TV or on the pay per views and stuff like that. So I don't really know why he was shocked by that, but yeah, the whole whole beginning comment about not understanding why people go for the bad leg, I just I think kind of took me out of it because uh, I was just like, man, that makes no sense. Even like it, I, even if you try to put context to it, but just so dumb. But not his best interview, I'll say.
1: Yeah, I do appreciate shift trying to make, make it seem. Yeah. I, yeah. I get where you're coming from. I do. From. I do appreciate, I mean, I really do. I know I shit on it, but I, I do what you, I get what you're trying to say shift. Um, yeah. Uh, Thank you. just, it's called uh, what, what you really want to say is thing. it's called fucking psychology, you moron. That's what I wanted to say. That's why people go after the knee, but anyway, uh, we're going to move on to December 1st and we're going to go to WCW main event. shows. they had at this time, by the way, um, which we'll come back to bite him because I'm going to talk about a match a little bit later that they retread that confused the hell out of everybody on his podcast when they looked at the date. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, the main event. This is the match that I referred to on our last podcast that made me so angry that I wanted to freaking throw my laptop. And there's a reason for this. So we open up. Uh, Jr. and Michael Hayes are live discussing Luger and Steiner, and Hayes flates himself saying that he's beats both of them. Then Hayes gives his assessment on the upcoming match. No mention of Eaton and the Dangerous Alliance at all, by the way. Then we go on to this fucking match, which is covered up on commentary by saying that Bobby Eaton had a previous contract obligation for the six-man tag team titles. This comment was made by Shivani. And then he says the Freebirds need to be very, very weary. Um, So basically, here's what happened. This match was filmed before Eaton officially joined the Dangerous Alliance. And they're trying to cover it off by saying that, well... Eaton had a contracted obligation to the team with the Freebirds for this match, um, so this makes me so fucking angry. Because at the end of this match, I'll tell you why it makes me angry. So anyway, he, Bobby Eaton, who's supposed to be a heel, he fist bumps uh, face Michael Hayes at the start of the match. I don't think uh, the Dangerous Alliance version of Eaton would be doing that. Hayes hip tosses all three of the York Foundation. Shivani pins next week main event of the Patriots and the pistols for the U.S. title. That was taped a month ago uh, that will change the U.S. titles, and thank God we will not watch that so you guys can breathe a sigh of relief. Garvin does a hip toss to Morton and jumps up and down like an idiot. The crowd is very into the freebird still. Shivani brings up Eaton and Taylor from Halloween Havoc as they face off. Uh, there's a great lifting backbreaker by Eaton to Taylor. The faces dominate the first eight minutes until the York Foundation tosses Bobby outside as Hayes uh, leads a Bobby chant as Tommy Rich hits a suplex for two. Tony commentating like Back to the Future in present day was insane. Questioning <laughs> how Paul would feel, that Bobby Eaton became a member of the Six Man Chance with the Freebirds. Bobby hits a neckbreaker breaker on Taylor and gets tagged, but the ref misses it, and all six men start fighting in the ring. Hayes goes for one of his left hooks, but Morton ducks and hits Eaton, and Eaton is pinned for the three. This is why I'm angry. This motherfucker, Eaton, who is now a member of the Dangerous Alliance, just ate a fucking pin in a six-man tag team title match that was filmed before he turned with the fucking Freebirds. And I don't understand why they would have aired this whatsoever. They should have just tossed it in the can. But no, they wanted to air it anyway and try to justify it with dubbed-in commentary. Um, so, yeah, so this match really made me fucking angry. I think it was stupid to have Eaton take a fall when he's supposed to be this main event. On top of that, it got pinned by Ricky fucking Morton in 1991 as part of the Fort York Foundation. It was silly. And again, it should have just been in the can. And again, it makes... Bobby looked like a complete and utter fucking idiot. I went one star on this match. Souza?
2: Yeah, this is real fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I feel like you need, like, red yarn and a cork board to try and figure out exactly what's taped when, when this happens, who's the champion here. Like, Jesus Christ, WCW. Like, get your shit together. Like, it's their taping schedule is so fucking insane. Like, like you said, Sean, why did they even air this? Like, there was nothing major in this match happened. There was no reason why they had to air this. They easily could have just thrown this in the can and sat on it or just burned the fucking tape. Like, it's not like there was a big angle or anything that happened. And I mean, you also didn't get that great of a match either. So it's not like you were, mi- you would have been missing anything either. If they burned the fucking tape, it was just your basic boring, semi-bad free york foundation match i mean you get i will say you did get jimmy garvin wearing his psychosis tights i thought that okay. was i thought that was very nice the tights were something but uh yeah even the crowd like the crowd really i mean they gave a shit about themselves instead of the match at one point they started doing the stupid atlanta braves or florida hey State watch your mouth. I know uh, what I said, or the, uh, the F- Florida State stupid-ass tomahawk chant. Give me a break. Good God, you bunch of idiots. You're at a wrestling show. Watch the wrestling. Give me a break. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a real weird match, and honestly, uh, nothing of substance really happened during this. So, yeah, I, I ended up going a star on it like you, Sean.
1: Yeah, I, it, it just fucking made me so angry, this match. Uh, Logan, what do you think? yeah i want a star as
4: well and as much as i learned in the uh last last match uh that austin is very good at making his opponents look great i'm also learning that the uh free have a lot of favor with herd or whoever is the head of the championship committee or the committee or whatever and if you face them you are probably going to get dominated even though you may win in the end um it doesn't necessarily work out in this match but um uh, i I'll, I'll say it again uh bobby uh eaton has a hell of a clothesline he busted out at some point through, throughout this match and of course uh as lo- as as much as the do- Freebirds dominate most of the match of course when the york foundation takes over it's on bobby eaton and of course when the pinfall occurs it's on bobby eaton mm-hmm. and uh i thought it was really weird uh Tony, i mean I, tony's obviously kind of alluding to the dangerous alliance stuff but he acts like what bobby does after the match when he punches both freebirds is real dastardly and i th- kind of think he's justified you know they kind of screwed him out of winning the match so um i, I thought he was justified in punching them but I, I also went one with you guys
1: well i i'd also want to punch both freebirds so who could blame him? uh <laughs> shiflet what do you think well, I thought
3: I'm the high man with a star and a quarter, but um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: um the fans weren't doing the tomahawk chop, chop Sousa just for the hell of it. Uh, P.S. Hayes figured that's the only way that they could they could get the fans to react was by um, dealing the Braves thunder in Atlanta was oh, see, I that. I
2: I missed him doing that. Yeah, because he was my mistake.
3: He, he was doing that at the start, and I was like. I wrote, like, really? Like, that's how he has to get them to care. It's, like, the tomahawk chop. I will say the fans did want the DDT a lot. You could hear them chanting that. Um, And, like, Logan said, like, Bobby has a nice short-arm clothesline to Terrence Taylor. And I have another note here. York Foundation sucks. Um, And Bobby had a nice neckbreaker to stop uh, Taylor's momentum. And then we got Hayes, you know, punching Bobby by accident. Like it, it was bad. But like, you know, there was I did find some highlights in there because, as Sean says, I like everything. Um, <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't the worst match I've seen with the. It wasn't even the worst match with one of the Freebirds.
1: So like, yeah, that's why I want to start in a quarter.
3: Well, that's true.
1: Well, it's true. But I want to start just because of the stupid retro bookie, and they were trying to pull bullshit on us on.
3: Oh, they should have p- totally pulled the match. Like, yeah. you you, re- you record. Eighteen hours worth of matches. That one could have been
1: cut very easily.
3: It had no titles mm-hmm. involved or anything.
1: Yeah. And by the way, they always say that at this time frame, people are six-man tag team champions. I never see the fucking belts ever. Right. What well, was it? So,
2: wasn't it a trophy? I don't, I don't know, even in think they had. No, it was.
1: no they, they no, they actually had a six-man title. You just never oh. saw anybody wear it. They actually had titles made for this in '91. So, Hmm. yeah, actually pretty
4: swank looking, if I remember. Yeah, they
1: are. They are. They're not as swank looking as the originals in the 80s. But, yeah, they're pretty Hmm. swank. They're pretty good looking belts. So um, it was just a weird time. Like the six man titles just seemed so far in the background that you never really thought about them. It's just odd. But anyway. All right. Yeah. So yet another great free bird appearance where once again, they come out looking great. And a member of your hot faction right now takes the fucking pinfall loss on TV uh, after they've already joined. It's just so goddamn stupid. All right, next, we're going to December 7th, 1991, and we are going to NW, uh, I'm Sorry, WCW Pro. And it is the return of our favorite tag team, guys. It's Pia News and Tom Zank, uh, who we saw face Vader and Austin uh, a few episodes ago, and they're taking on Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. So Eaton and Anderson definitely getting their, uh, getting their chops going as a tag team. Um, so let's see. First, the Patriots. Um, so here's here's the note I made about the alliance. First, the Patriots, then yep. portraying Eaton jobbing as a face as a member of the alliance. And our second time in this pod history, seeing PN News and a Zinc tag team. I said we're on a hot streak here. Uh, last time they lost to Vader in Austin, and uh, once again, the uh, Vanilla Zinc tries to rap dance gracefully, grace, uh, rap dance gracefully, gracefully saved by the Dangerous Alliance music. So Dangerous Alliance, ignore it. But Aust- uh, Tom Zink's coming out doing that rap dance, and I said the last time I never wanted to see that again. Arn makes fun of News and his rolling hand yo-yo baby bullshit thing, which I thought was awesome. JR puts over uh, Arn as a yeoman, what a wrestler should be. Um, Susa, what is a yeoman? Uh, I think
2: PN News is
1: a yeoman. Okay, I don't a know. Yo, a yo-man, you say. Well, no, I think okay. he's a
4: yo-baby, yo-baby, yo-man. Okay, because yo okay, he puts
1: over Arn as yo-man, and that's what I, I didn't understand. I thought it was some – okay, so now I get it. He's putting...
2: You see, Arn is a yo-man, uh, oh. but PN News is a yo-man.
1: Oh, say it was JR's attempt at humor is what you're I you I think so, yes. Okay, Arn gets hit with a body slam, and Arn gets crushed in a corner on a sleeper attempt. Then PN News hits a dropkick after a cartwheel – as Paulie screams, he weighs 900 pounds. How does he move that way? <laughs> um, and one note I made: again, WCW in all its glory plays like this match takes place after Starrcade, um, which confused everybody on this pod because it, <laughs> because this match initially aired on 12-7 on uh, uh, WCW Pro, but in this video that I uh, tape that I had you guys watch, they retroed this to Power Hour. In the future, on January 4th, 1992, with JR dubbed in. So this match is actually a month old, but the one you watched was actually replayed again on Power Hour a month later. That's why you guys to... Fucking
2: WCW. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I'd like to point out the fallacies of WCW and their whole Back to the Future bullshit. And I think Good doing God. A so does it make sense now why it was dated the way it was, Sousa? And now it does, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was very confused. Yes. Marty, I, you screwed up the schedule.
1: Yes. Yeah, I did. Marty. I got caught out. Oh, Sean, you know this is dated January fourth. Well, yes, I did. Wait till I oh, look. Out. I was
2: just making sure. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I didn't no, want to watch any more PN news matches than I fucking had to. I, like, God damn, I, I, I blame Biff. Goddamn fucking WCW, man.
1: <laughs> uh, news does a role on Eaton JR. States News has uh, has. Uh, and he and basically JR shits on him. Uh, he basically JR fit, shitting on fat people. Uh, only like, like he gets like he doesn't want to question who's his cardio, but he does anyway. That's what's so funny. He's like, hey, you know, I don't want to question his cardio, but he basically says he's fat. And JR JR has this thing about fat guys. Have you ever noticed that? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, and it's kind of pot calling Kettle Black because he's, yep. not, he's a big fat man too. Um, so anyway, um. Zank and Bobby almost collide on a zinc elbow duck, but Zank, uh, Zank recovers off top rope with a drop kick. He follows up with arm bars and arm drags. He almost hits Arn on a collision botch as well. Z-Man gets an Arn figure four. Uh, for no apparent reason, the ref turns his back, allowing Bobby to clobber Zank to help the escape. So literally the ref turns around, literally for no reason, just so Bobby can uh, get uh, to hit Zank. However, Zank reverses a suplex and he tags news. Uh, PN News beats up both heels and whips Eaton into the corner and goes for an avalanche, but Arn yanks him out of the way, which I thought was really cool. And News eats shit. As JR says, he looks like an uncontrolled bull. Heels work over News smartly with knees and stonks to the ribs, and a savage crack with the phone to head by Arn. Paul says reach out and touch someone, which <laughs> fucking popped me. I really like the heel work they do on News, by the way. They look legit. And they good they like a legit like, work on a big man to kind of keep him down kind of stuff. Another fat joke as News is 400 pounds after the holidays by J.R. Uh, News throws Arn and Bobby into each other and tags Zink, who does Zank things, including two savage kicks to the heel faces, which I thought was pretty good. He goes up top and gets a cross body. Um, Arn comes in to break it up, and then News is in after Arn. Zank roll up on Bobby as the ref pushes News out, and Arn punches um, punches Zank, and Bobby rolls Zink up by the tights for three. And then my favorite moment of the match on the roll-up, like he literally rolls up Zink for three. And then Bobby just casually lets go, releases a pin and just casually walks out of the ring, turns his head to look at both of them and says, fuck this shit. I love this match, guys, because I thought it was good. I thought the heels did a really good job working over news. Just to, You know, again, I know that the faces suck, but I love this. And then Bobby then casually releasing the pin and just walking out of this ring and just basically telling him to fuck off was hilarious. So. And honestly, I hate to say it, I thought News was a good face in Heat, and the heel work was really good. I went two and a half. I did not hate this match, and I'm ashamed to say I liked it. Uh, Susa, I'll go to you. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I didn't I didn't hate this either, which is stunning to me that I didn't hate a PN News match. But I, I liked that. Uh, I thought it was surprising and different that he was the hot tag and that zinc was on the apron. And I thought a lot of the uh, a lot of the heel work was on news. So I thought that was a nice change of pace. And I thought it was really good. And I thought news selling was actually uh, pretty well done. Uh, I thought Paulie at ringside was fantastic as per usual, just screaming that ringside that he weighs 900 pounds. How can he even move like that? Just absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I said it last episode, I'm going to say it again here. Uh, Arn and Bobby work very well together. And I think, you know, uh, save for the Patriots, but because they're the Patriots, but they may be the type of team that kind of works well with anybody, save for the Patriots. So I'll be curious to see, you know, like if you put them in there with like the York Foundation or something, if they can carry them to like a two and a half star match. But yeah, I, I thought this was really well done, and you know, News and Zinc, I thought really held their own. So yeah, two and a half for me. Yeah, who would have thought that we would get a two
1: and a half star match but, out of this team? I'll,
2: at this point, I'll fucking take a two and a half star match.
1: Uh, absolutely, uh, Logan. What would you think? Did you? What'd you go, Matt? Sorry. Two and a half. Okay.
4: Um, yeah, I went two and a half as well. I thought it, I thought it was really well worked. Um, I, I'm going to make a comment in a second that uh, I took in in the beginning of the match that I kind of thought that was going to be the way the match went. So if I say something that doesn't really make sense for a future note, just keep that in mind. Uh, I love the Paulie uh, calling the News 900 pounds line. I thought that was hilarious. And like Sean said, of course Ross comments on News's weight after he says he's not going to comment on News's weight. Um, my next line is the one I'm talking about. I said, hey, guess what? The Alliance gets completely dominated and had to cheat with the ref's back turn to gain any type of advantage.
1: I totally understand the comment. Mm,
4: yeah. Um, but nasty phone shot. I, th- I think the phone's a really great weapon that the Alliance uses. I thought that was really good. But uh, to counteract what I just said, I'm glad that once Arn and Eaton took over, they worked a limb, they had advantage, and they kept it. Uh, this is This is what these matches kind of should be. I mean, I know some of them can't be uh, more than a certain length, but this is what it should be. They can get dominated, but they need to take advantage and keep it and work a limb or, you know, just work the person over for a little bit and build to that, you know, climax of maybe them getting a little bit of advantage and then they could cheat and win. But they just look like goofs for the most part because they're not getting that advantage back and they're just getting it back at the end and somehow scoring the pen. so that's just been my real problem with the matches in the last couple episodes but there was a nasty knock and knocker by news at one point i feel like they really uh eaten and Arn really smacked heads real hard i thought this was an actually really solid match and i like i said i went two and a half with y'all guys as well so awesome. i thought it was pretty good
1: yeah I, I think the most impressive thing of this match like you said was pn news being the face in peril Mm-hmm. and and the mm-hmm. freaking he, and the heel work on him as a big man like just seemed legit like if he's a big man this is what you would do to the guy and i thought they played that really well i agree with you guys uh shift what did you think
3: uh two and a half across the board i i really enjoyed this i was shocked that i did um the like you guys said the limb work was good but also uh z-man and Arn um when he when Arn when z-man was working Arn's arm um, then they had some nice reversals where it was like three or four in a row where they were just like reversing each other, which I thought was very nice. And it shows like, oh, these guys have wrestled each other a lot. Uh, there was a fun part where Arn was working with PN News and PN News was on offense and Arn just like punches him right in the nuts. But it looks like it punches him in the gut. So I was like nuts, gut, gun. It's all the same. Um,
1: oh, my God.
3: And then uh, you know we see the DA having their nice double team, and you guessed said how he hit, um, you know hit PN News with the phone. Like three or four year old Scott thought this phone was like the most dangerous
0: <laughs>
3: foreign object ever. I remember being terrified of it. Um, well, it had like the you know the big ass Zach Morris phone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so and then Z Man had his own super kick party before they were in style towards the end of the match. Um, Dude, those Arn... were good
1: Those were good fucking kicks, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, then Arn, you know, got Z-Man with the right hand, and Dangerous Alliance won. Like, so, that's why I said two and a half. I,
1: I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, a stunning, shocking match here for all of us, I think. I thought all of us were going into it off. Oh, fuck, but man. Um, you know, the other note I'll make, um, and Shift, it's funny you brought it up about Zank and Arn working. It seems like they worked a lot together. If you go back to 1990, they had some pretty freaking awesome banger matches over the TV title in uh, 1990 so not that anyone's looking to go back and watch any Tom Zink matches but um, if you want to go see some pretty good matches between Arn and him uh, 1990 is full of them so just FYI
4: I think he's one of those guys that if he's in there with the right guy he could have a solid match he's not mm -hmm. gonna pull you out of the water and he's not gonna carry anybody but he can be he can be good if he's uh in there with somebody that's awesome
1: Better. Yeah, I think, I think Zank actually beat him for the TV title, and then it was Arn won it back from him before he lost it to Eaton at a Super Bowl. So um, if you ever want to go back and see those matches, I'm sure they're on YouTube somewhere. But yeah, really good match here. So uh, I'm not going to say it's a hidden gem, but I would say it's a shocking match that if you were to watch it, you would never believe it's as good as it is, and I'll leave it at that. All right, so now we're going to go to Worldwide also here on this same weekend. And hey, imagine that. The Freebirds are back, guys. And, and, they are taking good. On, and they are taking on, you guessed it, Austin and Eaton, who are just getting a freaking massive workout this weekend. Um, so here's the other good note. It's another Into the Future Power uh, Hour match, because this match aired on 12-7 worldwide. But then they re-air it again on uh, uh, December 28th, again with dubbed in commentary. So WCW did it once again. Um, the Freebirds come out uh, gyrating just... Horribly. Medusa looks absolutely disgusted <laughs> at them as JR brings up Missy Hyatt calling Medusa a horse face and makes a hello. And then he makes a hello Wilbur joke that children in 1991 have no idea what the fuck he is talking about. Uh, he then wants, and then he, went, then he says he wants Medusa and Missy in a debate on TV. Rather bland start with arm bars and headlocks, and the heels complain about every little thing, including Jr. referring to Eaton when he says Harpo speaks, which, again, a very dated reference by Jr. again. Medusa looks like uh, she was the rude rat the previous night because her hair is all a mess. She looks like she's mm-hmm. like a sloppy hot mess. The
2: rude rat.
1: Uh, uh, Hayes becomes a face of peril when Eaton catches him coming off the rope with a knee. Austin dumps him out for Medusa to hit a planche on Hayes, who stood staring at her for what seemed like minutes before she actually jumped. Back in, Hayes comes back with a left jab on Eaton and tags at <laughs> Garvin. He goes forearm crazy and has Eaton pin, but the ref is with Rays. and that allows Austin to break up the pin attempt. Sun Gun follows, and the Dangerous Alliance pick up the clean win. So we actually get a clean win here at 10 minutes. This match went fucking 10 minutes, by the way. Mm-hmm. the match was Damn blah it. Very, very dull and felt like no one cared about it and i felt like it was just a matter of them just kind of working it to get to that really that medusa spot that felt like a half hour to get and medusa i don't know what's going on with her man so she was out of it i mean i lit thought she was freaking like on drugs in this match because she seemed really really out of it um i went a uh, three quarters of a star on this this match was not good susa how about you
2: Medusa dressed like she just came from a Richard Simmons workout tape shoot, so I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I was thinking she looked like she just got out
1: of the sack with Rude and had to rush to the ring. That's what (laughs) it. Well, that
2: that. too. The hair gave that away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's funny, Sean, that you said this had a boring (laughs) beginning because I thought it had a boring beginning, a boring middle, and a boring. (laughs)
1: It sure did. (laughs) So,
2: like, (laughs) I mean, nothing fucking happened in this match for like eight minutes. I mean, nothing. It's. It's gotta be like one of the most boring matches I have ever seen Austin or Eaton involved in. Definitely. Goddamn fucking freebirds! It's all your fault. You're making me hate Austin and Bobby Eaton because of you. You suck, shit people. <laughs> uh medusa had the biggest bump of the match with that crossbody, so good on her for that so I'll, I'll give her a higher rating than i'm gonna give this match just for taking that bump uh yeah it, it's 10 minutes long it's super boring there's parts of it where literally nothing happens and uh par for the course for the free a boring ass match one star uh you went higher than me logan what'd you think
4: yeah, I went one star, too, and I'll make the comment again. Man, Hayes and Garvin must be putting some time in under <laughs> un, under Jim Hurd's desk at this point uh, during this I, period. I, I,
1: th- I think they're doing the Jimmy Valiant under the table shit, man. That's oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're,
4: they're definitely under the desk of Jim Hurd or you know yeah. whoever, whoever is the head man in charge and calling the shots at this point. Just complete domination by the Freebirds throughout the whole match. I will say the match is pretty meh was pretty bad but you'll you won't find four better heads of hair in the world uh in a wrestling <laughs> match than you do here that everybody in the, everybody in this match had the uh the uh alcoholic stepdad hairdo i feel like so <laughs> um <laughs> but medusa finally does something cool by doing the crossbody to the outside yeah it kind of took her a little bit to set it up but she kind of almost fell at certain points when she was kind of standing up but I thought that I thought the spot was pretty cool when it actually was executed. Uh, I I probably would have agreed with you and gone the same score as you did, Sean. But uh, Austin actually did hit the slung gun and they won clean, so I will give it the extra uh, quarter star for that. So I'll go one. You know one.
1: what? That's a good point. Add me. Add me to the one star. You're right. All right. I got you. Austin, Austin finally got a clean pin with his move, so that's mm-hmm. a good call. Good call. All right, Schiff. What'd you think? Um, I, I kind of
3: enjoyed this match I mean I love this I mean when I say I enjoyed it it's like the commentary was good like J.R. Sam Paulie has linked something as if he's ever leaked anything before I was like Jesus we're shooting now guys
1: God I um, thought J.R. was terrible during this but well, I, yeah. I
3: love that comment so okay. um, <laughs> I'm sorry Sean it doesn't hold up to your 1986
1: standards uh, um, <laughs> Oh, gee. Wow. Shots fired. Wow. All right, keep going with your shit take.
3: <laughs> I get it from my father. Uh-huh. Um, oh, God. I will say Medusa hitting the crossbody from the top rope down to the floor was insane to see in 1991. Like, yes, I thought she – uh now you saying that you think she was high. That might be why she was a little wobbly because <laughs> it, it was bad uh, yeah. when she hits her karate kick, which – uh can't remember if it's this match or the next, but Jr. says she was taught the karate kick in the Orient. Glad we're keeping up casual racism in 1991. Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Freebirds getting the visual pin, then Austin actually hitting the stun gun, which I didn't realize was his uh, thing, and it was over. I want to star in a quarter. Like I said, it wasn't that much of a difference. I just I just enjoyed um, just enjoyed
1: that, but hopefully I never have to see a Freebirds match ever again. Well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So, god um, damn it! Yeah, we, we, unfortunately, unlike the Patriots, the Freebirds—you gotta remember—they're here for a long, long. I mean, shit, they last longer than this freaking podcast will. So, uh. <laughs> let's, let's buckle in for the Freebirds, gentlemen. All right. So, with that, uh, what was that? We what did we get a uh, total on that one? Logan. Another another one point zero six. Goddamn, Schiff, you and your quarter stars on these matches. All
2: right, All right moving on. We're Making
1: to... me do math and shit. Yeah, yeah, make, <laughs> well, how dare you make Logan do math? Uh, I even went an extra quarter star just so Logan wouldn't have to do the math, but that's okay. I love you, Schiff. Thanks. Love you you guys too. <laughs> All right. That didn't sound very convincing, no, but I'll no, take it. Scott's like, I'm tired of your all's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're moving on to saturday night and so we have two things we're going to talk about here for the omni so the first thing we look at is the sting rude omni footage that we talked about at the beginning of this show where we ran down the card so this is for the united states title um it's between rick root and sting and this is actually thanksgiving night so it's kind of cool that the omni was still doing thanksgiving shows like when star arcade was doing it um back in the day so this is pretty cool so here's what we see rick twists Sting's neck for the rude awakening but sting breaks out of it and d- drops through with his own version of the maneuver Referee Nick Patrick begins his 10 count as both men are down until Sting crawls over and throws his arm across Root for a close near fall. Sting finally hits the Stinger splash and applies the Scorpion deathlock, but Polly is on the apron to distract the ref while Medusa runs in and throws a kick at Sting. Although the kick doesn't phase him, Sting releases the hold and backs Medusa into the corner as Root attempts to sneak up behind him, but Sting turns around. Sting presses, slams Root over his head, and drops him all the way down to the floor. Sting follows that up with a running leap over the top to take out Rude. Paul Lee tries to get involved with his phone, but Sting ends up with the phone and nails Rude with it before chasing dangerously into the ring. The crowd is going batshit as Sting grabs Paul by the time. Preparation to use the phone on him, but Medusa dies off the top turnbuckle, and Sting lets go of him so he can catch her. As Sting is holding a kicking and screaming, Medusa, Rude returns to the ring and stomps away at Sting's knee from behind. The bell starts ringing, and JR declares that Rude has retained the U.S. title via disqualification. While Rick Rude retrieves the chair and bashes uh, Sting's leg with it until Big Josh, Dustin Rhodes, and Ricky Steamboat run out to make the save and Rude flees the scene. So I thought this was pretty cool uh, showing this on live TV and it continues to hype the importance of this feud. And um, h- hell yeah, man. Probably, I mean, this is probably, for me, this is like good shit, like good fire from Sting and Rude and everything involved here. So I, f- I fucking love this a little bit we saw. I wish I'd saw the whole match. Matt, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I really like this. Uh, it finally felt like something the Dangerous Alliance would, would do with Rude, you know, grabbing the chair and beating the shit out of Sting's knee with the multiple chair shots. Uh, super impressive move by Sting press-slamming Rude to the floor. Uh, Rude is not a small man, so that was uh, pretty impressive that he was able to do that. So, yeah, I, I always think it's cool when Any promotion, not just WCW shows, house show footage like this. So, yeah, this looked like it was uh, really fun, and I'd like to see the full match if it's out there. So, yeah, cool stuff here.
1: You got to imagine it's out there somewhere in one of those vaults at WWE, whatever that cave they hold all their bullshit in. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, they got so many house shows that probably no one will ever see, and that's a shame because this would probably be a banger of one to watch. So, um, Logan, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I, I really like the parts of it we saw as well. Um, I like that Sting used the Rude Awakening on Rude. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Uh, he actually just chucks him into the air at one point, and the elevation that uh, Rude gets is pretty incredible. He he flies. I mean, he goes way up there. I thought the press slam to the outside was pretty awesome as well. Showed off how strong Sting is. Um, he's absolutely on fire in this one. He's going boss to the wall the whole time. The crowd is super behind him. Um, and of course, fucking dickhead Nick Patrick uh, let all hell break loose before he called the TQ <laughs> instead of immediately when the interference happened. So, um, but yeah, I, I really liked what we saw of this, and I yeah, I kind of maybe maybe we could find it for YouTube Roulette and we'll watch it uh, on that. But uh, I really enjoyed what we saw.
1: All right, I actually might have tried to look up the whole match, and you can't find it. On you. Oh, man, not, bummed. Not bummed. That was That was bum. Schiff, <laughs> I assume you like this one. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, I wish like like you guys said. I wish we could have more. I always thought Sting and Rude had good chemistry together. Um, they
1: really do. They They're do. Right. They do. Yeah. Huh? And, and
2: uh,
3: it's like a, I don't know if it's like forgotten the time because we always say like, oh, Sting's best opponents was Flair and Vader, but you know, I think Rude deserves to be in that um, that mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I like how when they were battling outside, like Sting was able to catch the camp catch the phone, which I was like, damn, that that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Um, I love Rude still working the leg that we do, and then how pitiful is the wW baby, baby face situation, where Big Josh is the first person to run out? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs>
3: I know Dustin and Steamboat Lynn run out, but they were like, oh, we gotta let that youngster Big Josh run out. Hopefully he's got his fucking bear. So... <laughs> Is fair. Wait, there's an even
1: there's an even worse run out in our last match of the night. So you're making a great point right now, by the way, about how bad the faces are right now in WCW. By the way, so.
3: But yeah, I just wish sadly we can't see it. I'm sure there's a fan cam out there somewhere that you know some some guy has in his basement
1: or you know
3: (laughs) whatever.
1: Yeah, somebody's got to have this match somewhere. But yeah, really really good stuff. So really cool segment here, and it's cool to see it on the Saturday Night Show, which takes us into our next one. Uh, from the same show, uh, it is Dustin Rhodes and Steamboat defending the tag team titles against Eaton and Arn for the first time. So what I also love is that when they formed the alignment alliance, they cut promos on this show. And now they're following up with us to show us what happened. So that's kind of a cool little tidbit. and I love that they did this. So um, this is a tag team title defense. The belts are on the line. At this point, we go in. It's already been over 30 minutes. Bobby and Aaron keep Rhodes grounded and working over his arm until he fires back with right hands and cracks Aaron's head against his partners, knocking Eaton off the apron. There's a hot tag and Steamboat um, with a series of two counts on Bobby as Rick desperately tries to pin him before the 45-fucking-minute time limit. After landing the flying chop on the top turnbuckle, Steamboat covers Eaton and Anderson quickly makes a save as all four men end up in the ring and Steamboat and Rhodes whip Anderson and Eaton into each other. While Dustin takes Aron out to ringside, Steamboat hits the flying body pressed on Eaton just as the bell rings to signal. A 45 minute draw. These guys wrestled for 45 minutes. Um, only a few minutes were shown here, but the crowd was nuclear. And that was even how hot they were after 45 minutes. And count me in. Uh, if I could ever find this match, holy shit, I'd be all over it. On um, Steamboat Rhodes, Anderson Eaton in less than a few weeks have become the two teams that see wrestle, including in my opinion in WWF at this point, um, next to the Steiners, of course. Could you imagine, like, back in the day, if they had done like a three way between these three teams, it would have been freaking unbelievable. But yeah, this was freaking. This awesome, awesome footage. Uh, what did you think of this one, uh, Sousa?
2: Yeah, uh, awesome stuff here. Uh, Steamboat's hot tag was fantastic. The way he comes in like a house of fire and just hits those, you know, all those near falls. I thought he was uh, what we saw from him was really great. Uh, the crowd was red hot. And uh, yeah, uh, chalk this up as another match. I want to see uh, the full match. So, yeah, this is uh, really great stuff here.
1: And you know what's great? Logan had brought it up and we've been talking about it, how we feel like the Alliance has had to sell for a bunch of freaking shitheads so the last two that we've talked about from the omni we've seen the we've seen the alliance that we should be seeing on the tv yep. and they're getting them here at the house show so it's really good to see that that's probably one of the reasons why i've enjoyed this so much logan what do mm-hmm. you think
4: yeah that's the, that's the exact notes i wrote this is the ma- this matches how i want to see the alliance presented they don't completely dominate but they also don't get completely worked over at the same time mm-hmm. i thought it was really good of what we saw the you know arn and eaton look good Uh, But Steamboat and uh, Dustin also looked great as well. So, I mean, I think this is the perfect uh, combination of what... uh... What we need to see uh for the for the uh alliance going forward like you know they can they can be dominated throughout matches but they also need to get their portions of the match where they can look good and show their offense and show what they can do in the ring uh but not just com- get completely worked over and especially if it's going to be goose like the free bird and arachnoman so uh, i thought this was i thought this match was the perfect presentation for what exactly i want this group to look like when they have uh wrestling matches on weekly tv but We'll see how it goes going forward, but I I really, really would love to see the rest of this match uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, and imagine, like, the chemistry of Rhodes and Stebo as a team in, like, literally a matter of a few weeks. is freaking unbelievable, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because, again, Dustin is still somewhat of a rookie of his own, and, I mean, it's just uncanny how good Dustin Rhodes has gotten this fast. And, again, people shit on his father for shoving him down people's throats, but, god damn, he's really fucking good. They don't Um, call him the natural for nothing. Oh, mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. And this period of WCW is why he's as great as he is. It shows how good he is and he didn't need his dad to do it. So it's just good, good shit. Ship, what'd you think? I hated it. I'm kidding. Okay. okay. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> Sorry,
3: say I love everything. I had to throw you your curveball. I know.
1: I, I deserve that. It's
3: fine. Um Arn work in the arm from the beginning was just masterful. And then I love Steamboat with the hot tag. And um this is some people may think it's goofy, but I, I love it. I love when um the tag partners get Irish whipped into every, to each other. Um, yes. it's, mm-hmm. it's like an old school thing, but like, it just warms my heart. Um, and then like, get the timeline I draws like, damn it. Can I, like, you know, where was like, you know, in, um, what was that uh, movie, the baseball movie when the kids are, um, the bad news bears, like, you know, like let the kids play. I was like five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. Let's match. Sadly, that wasn't the case. I would love—I'm sure you guys looked to see if the full one was out there, but hopefully, we get more of these because, holy shit, Arn and Eaton just are great as a tag team. I mean, you have two of the best tag team wrestlers with the Midnight Express and the Brainbusters, and you know they're they're put together. It's like, yeah, that makes sense why
1: why they're so great. Yeah, you know, I also feel fairly compliment. I comp, uh, feel confident in saying that. No matter what, when we get to Super Brawl 92, we're going to get some freaking awesome Dangerous Alliance. Mm-hmm. So, Super Brawl 92, I can't wait to get to that because one of my all time underrated pay per views. So, that, no matter what, we're, I know when we're going to get some good tag team shit in that one. So, um, hopefully, we'll have something along the way that equals some of this footage that we saw here tonight. So, yeah. So, if you're ever going to watch this or follow along with this podcast, definitely check out this footage from the Ami. Just good, good shit. All right, so our final match of tonight, we have reached the end. Um, This is also on Saturday night. It is beautiful Bobby Eaton taking on Dustin Rhodes. So um, I like how they're following this up a little bit. They showed us this Omni footage, and now we get this main event here. So, By the way, so WCW again uh, on its shit as this match was taped on November 11th before Bobby Eaton's heel turn had even aired on television. And since this was also before Clash of the Champions, Dustin Rose does not have the WCW World Tag Team title on him, <laughs> nor, uh, but Bobby is in full-on heel mode and has Paul E with him. So, like, again, WCW, back to the Like, I don't know how they kept track of their booking, guys. and that That's, that's been a one great of the, question. That is one of the best underrated stories of this pod in the first six episodes. What a fucking mess WCW's booking is. Just freaking nuts. Um, So Dusty beats on Bobby as Medusa comes out the ringside and Paulie heads to the back, assuring Medusa and Bobby that he's just a phone call away as Jr. chastises Medusa's taste in men. Rhodes' body drops Bobby over the top rope. Dustin hip-tosses Bobby on the floor and hits him with a running lariat before throwing him back into the ring and applying an armbar. Jr. reminds us Medusa of her Cobra Kai-like martial arts skill sets. God bless. Eaton pushes Dustin off the, uh, to the ropes, and they crisscross until Bobby drops down and chop blocks Dustin's knee, sending him back to the floor. Uh, Medusa distracts the ref, and Eaton hits Dustin's leg with a chair, reminding JR's, um, reminding JR the Midnight Express season chairs against the Fantastics a few years ago, which I thought was a pretty good call-out. Bobby works the knees and tosses uh, Dustin out to the floor, Medusa strikes with a stiff kick to the chest. <clears throat> Rhodes calls, uh, goes towards Medusa, but Bobby clips his leg from behind while Jayark busts out the old Jezebel comment from Medusa. Bobby hits Dustin's knees with another chair shot, and Medusa stomps on him But Dustin to his feet and hobbles towards her, only for Bobby to kick him in the leg from behind. Eaton calls the camera over to get a good shot of him working over Dustin's knee, which made me laugh, and he continues the attack. As the crowd rallies behind him with Dustin's chance, Dustin fights out of a half crab and collides with Bobby when they both try to shoulder block each other. Eaton covers Rhodes for a near fall and whips him into the corner, but Dustin avoids it and hits a series of punches. Bobby hits a swinging neckbreaker, but Dustin gets a small package for the three count at 12 minutes and 40 seconds. As soon as the bell rings, Arn and Larry Zabisco hit the ring as Arn nails Dustin with a spine buster. Uh, Zabisco runs interference to prevent Brian Pillman and Mike Fucking Graham from making the save. <laughs> Eaton lands the Alabama Jam on Rhodes, and Arn stomps on them before they bailed. I love this match. I went three and a quarter stars. Dustin continues to be great, and Heel Bobby is a great opponent, and they had fantastic chemistry. Eaton losing twice this episode and was in five of our matches, but he lost, once was at a fucking York Foundation. Now he lost to Dustin. But for me, <clears throat> he had the moment of the night for me, like when he gave that no fucks pin and that zinc and that chill and walking out stuff. But he was also in my two favorite matches in this episode. So I went three and a quarters on this. I love this. And, again, the end of the match, you got the freaking alliance that we've been wanting to get, and we finally got it on fucking TV. Susan, so what would you think of this match? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah uh, I really like this too I, I think I would have this as the second Best match I have watched for this podcast So far I would
1: uh, I'd probably Agree with that yeah
2: I, I just thought It was great everything about it was Fantastic I love the chair shots that Bobby uh, Hit Dustin with I love How it led to you know uh, Bobby working on the knee and the Leg for most of the rest of the match uh, I just thought Rhodes selling was great There was one point where there was a Touch uh, I love the touch where Rhodes Is uh, kind of hopping on one leg while He's running the ropes. I, I thought that was really well done. Uh, at one point I noticed that Medusa was dressed like Wednesday Adams on prom night. So that was interesting. Oh uh, mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just an absolutely fantastic match. And like you just said, Sean, uh, we're finally seeing what most people remember about the dangerous Alliance the great matches, the brawling, the post match brawling, stuff like that. So I'm glad that we're finally seeing it. It took six episodes, but we're finally seeing it. So I'm happy with that. So uh I actually went three and a half on this.
1: All right. You know what? You could I think you convinced me to do three and a half too. Thank you. I, I yeah this, I can't I gave three and a quarter stars at a freaking uh Mike Graham six man so I gotta get this above this. So I'll go three and a half too. Logan what'd you think?
4: Yeah, I went three and a half as well. I, I loved that the first move of the batches and I poke from Bobby. I thought that was a
0: good <laughs> Yeah, one. that was mm-hmm. awesome.
4: Great. Yes. Um, Bobby, uh I noticed throughout these episodes when Bobby's in a match, he complains about uh the close fist a lot. Like he like that's something he does at the beginning of almost all of his matches. So if somebody like socks him one, he saw he always goes to the ref and is like, "Are you making sure he's not using the close fist like he's not supposed to?" Uh, maybe he should kind of maybe learn to throw a few of his own. Uh, maybe he should throw the uh, close fist before somebody else does on him. But that's just a little thing that I noticed uh, in most of his matches that we've been watching. Um glad to see that the ref actually over uh, overlooked the over the top rule because uh, i think Dustin gets dumped out at one point so uh, he, he ignored that and then called for the dq uh, jr talking about how dangerous medusa is gave me quite uh, quite a chuckle i won't lie um we get another fucking crisscross spot somewhere in this somewhere in this match uh but the brutal shot by bobby to dustin's knee with the chair i thought was pretty awesome i love the leg work and all of this and we finally finally got a really good really really good tv match uh uh between these two i thought they worked really well together Dustin, bobby are two of my favorites uh of this era for sure and uh, i'm glad they got to face off and i thought it really came across really well and i went three
1: and a half uh with you guys all right so we got three three and a half so here he'll 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 here comes shift to make logan do math uh shift what'd you think of this <laughs> uh i gave it three and a half as well yeah um, there we go <laughs> i i I
3: really enjoyed it, and I know the crisscross spot was dumb, but I like what it led to where Bobby clipped Dustin's knee, and then we started working on it the rest of the night. Um,
4: uh, yeah, I was so. just making fun of the old thoginess of the crisscross
3: Oh, spot. oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I usually do as well, but like, I, I did, it actually led to something which I don't see.
1: Sean, Sean is a big fan of crisscross spots, by the way. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense what Logan just said. So. <laughs>
3: do, do they make you want to jump, jump? No, I just Mike, think it's a kind of cool. Uh,
1: yeah, Mac Daddy make you jump, jump. Yes, does
4: it mm-hmm. make you feel wiggity, 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 quack? <laughs> Mike, it makes what you
1: want to we, wear my overalls. We it makes you want to wear my overalls backwards too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, shift. We got off track. Go ahead. No, it's
3: fine. Yeah, um,
1: that was
3: my fault. Bob's <laughs> well, one of the it, so it's cool. But uh, I love how Bobby then, like you know, took the chair to Dustin's leg. It showed the viciousness. Um, and they were like, and Dustin was basically dead outside. I was like, oh, this is going to be a count out. And then Dustin gets in and just gets it inside cradle. And that was like the biggest mistake he's ever made because he immediately gets beat down. That spine buster from double A was just awesome. And, you know, I thought Mike, I didn't realize it was Mike Graham. I thought it was like one of Doug
1: Dillinger's security people. So, um, <laughs> God damn, what do we do? To, what do we do to deserve Mike Graham on this show? I don't that's know. That's a great question. Did. I mean, out of all of them, Mike fucking Graham.
3: Yeah, Sorry. it was it was rough, but no, that was a hell of a match. And um, hopefully, this this ending with this, our next episode, we lead off with just Da just running
1: through people. Well, I'll give you a preview of our next episode. So, uh, yeah, oh, I didn't like that tone of voice on the oh, show. No, yeah, I that show, no, I think I think <laughs> you'll I think you'll be happy with at least one of them. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, at least one. Well, thank. Well, I God. haven't watched it yet, so I'm judging based on just on paper. <laughs> So again, so yeah, definitely match of the night. I, I think Matt called it. This might be the second best match we've watched in six episodes. So, um, and then we had that shocking PM news tag team match. So I would say overall, a pretty good watch tonight for the most part. Um, and mm-hmm. then the Omni stuff. So really good stuff. So, all right, so here we're going to go. Uh, most danger. I'm going to start and I'm not sure how you feel, but because I was wrong totally on most of them last time on our, on our show, because you guys chose something different for me. I'm going to give it to Bobby Eaton because Bobby Eaton was in five of these damn matches tonight. And yes, that one tag team match pissed me off. They could have totally tossed it, but Bobby Eaton was on his shit and he was on fire. And this main event, that Omni footage, and I mean, Goddamn, Bobby Eaton was freaking all over this. So, most dangerous for me, Bobby Eaton. Sousa?
2: Yeah, I think you got to go with Bobby Eaton for what you just said. He's one, he's all over. pretty much every match this weekend and he was in, you know, the best match of the weekend. He was on the Omni footage and yeah, he was in that suck gas free match, but I mean, everything else he did was great. So yeah, I feel like you got to go Bobby in here. All right, chef
3: Yeah. Bob, Bobby. All
1: right, Lillian.
3: Yeah. Beautiful Bobby.
1: Wow. Hey, that was wow. I think that's the first time we might've been across the board, by the way, a severe lack of Larry abisco this episode tonight. No, Larry, mm-hmm. no Larry to shit on. I guess that's why I'm, I'm okay with like that. It. Yeah, I know. So too. now that leads us to what do you do for least dangerous? Larry, Larry wasn't yep. on. Yep. No, you can't be least dangerous if you did not make an appearance. Since when? <laughs> Since we did not watch any Larry tonight.
2: Since when? When is that a rule? That's not a rule that we it, had.
1: It, it's the
4: rule least dangerous. <sighs> it. I mean, nobody other than Arn Arn in Austin. Nobody was else was really featured. You could go rude just for the shitty commentary performance. I mean. I don't know.
3: Yeah, but then he had the banger with Sting.
4: I mean, you could go Eaton for both and just say that he lost the tag match. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you, hear or me
1: out, you could, go could just and, go Larry and we can move on. Or you could just go Austin for not having any impact on this podcast tonight. I vote Larry. <laughs> All right, I'll go Let's majority. Let's vote Medusa. I'll go majority. <laughs> no, I'll go majority. Like, I, guess, I guess theoretically. I'll throw you guys well, that's that's phone. the thing, right? Uh, we, saw,
2: we saw some bad stuff here, but nothing was so outrageously bad that it justifies being least dangerous. Right, Whereas I, Larry wasn't well, here. Honestly, I could go
1: Medusa for me because one, that top rope plancha that took an hour to do, her freaking karate stuff, her freaking oh,
2: well, it r- looked cool though.
1: Her her rude ratness in that one match. I mean, I could she go did Logan that on plancha,
2: plancha on PCP. You got to give her credit for that.
1: All right, so I'll go with the majority here. It's a hot topic. So, are we counting uh, members that don't make appearances as least? Dangerous? Actually, Larry
2: did make an appearance. He was a part of the show-ending brawl in Eaton and okay, Rose. But he wasn't
4: in a match. I don't think it should count. But I'll, I'll, I'll.
2: No,
1: I'm going Medusa.
4: I'll, I'll go Deuce too. All
2: right. Well, we're still in a tie here because me and Schiff are both going Larry. Well, I, as as host privilege, I'm saying you can't eat. <laughs> Oops. host. Well, that's the man who edits this show, I say.
1: <laughs> well, I'm the host. I know I know how to edit too, but I'd rather you do it. So please throw me
2: a bone here. Um, I, I, I think you know what? To... It's late. Put it whoever you want. I don't give a fuck.
1: All right, Medusa. Shift? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I guess we're doing Medusa. All
1: right. You got. I mean, come on, really? You can't. I mean, Jesus.
3: Medusa's plonked off the
2: top rope to the floor, which I thought was pretty uh, sweet. Well, would you rather go, Austin? No, I'd rather go Larry, but apparently that's not going to work. I'm saying
1: of enough. people that appeared. We'll just go <laughs> Medusa. I love, I love this. This is the debate that's gone on longer than the podcast. I can't believe I'm anyway. a, I'm agreeing with you either, Sean. <laughs> well, <right. laughs> I well, no, but you kind of convinced me. That's all. I mean,
2: who are you and what have you done with Logan? I don't know.
1: I mean, I, mean, I feel
4: like if they didn't appear, they didn't do shitty, yeah, but, but they Medusa, also did Medusa great. Can so go, I mean,
1: Medusa can go plancha fucker herself. That's what I think. So Anyway. All right, uh, be- best match, uh, I think, unanimous, it'll be Eats <laughs> right All
2: right? Yes. I, is, that, I, is that allowed? Does, does the host privilege allow us to pick Bobby Eaton versus Dusty Rhodes? Uh, Dustin best, Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's – I know there's some Eaton-Dusty Rhodes matches in 88. Would you like to vote for that one for a podcast? Uh, for could,
2: yeah, sure. Why not?
1: <laughs> we got off the rails. All right, does everybody assume – okay, is everybody okay with Eaton-Dustin? Yes. All right. Worst match. Uh, Sousa. Uh,
2: I am going to go Austin Eaton versus the Freebirds.
1: Yeah. Yes. I am going Austin Eaton and the Freebirds. Uh, Logan?
4: I'm going to go the six man. The.
1: Uh, Freebirds
4: Eaton and uh,
3: York oh, Foundation.
1: Yeah, I have actually, I have to revert because I mean, I fucking hated that match. It shouldn't have been on this podcast. So, that,
3: that's uh, where I'm going as well. Freebirds okay. Eaton versus York
4: Foundation.
1: All right, man, what a freaking. I mean,
4: you could have prevented it from being on here if you really wanted to.
1: I know, but I had to put it on there to show what a fucking cluster WCW.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. You're, you're welcome.
1: Uh, um, last but certainly not least, on the one to five journey, um, How do you feel about this view in terms of the Dangerous Alliance? I will go first. I was with Logan at the start where I was tired of seeing the Alliance like just fucking sell for these basic second-rate wrestlers. But towards the end, they really brought it home to show what the Alliance should be about. So I'm probably going to go a solid 3.5 on this one. Suze,
2: I'll go to you. I was thinking the same thing. Three and a half. You're you're finally starting to see, like I just mentioned when we were talking about the last match. You're finally starting to see what people think of when someone mentions the Dangerous Alliance, the great matches, the wild brawling, the you know the the stuff like that, the interference stuff like that. So yeah, uh, hopefully this carries over and this isn't just you know a one and done type of situation. Like perhaps we can get a whole episode of seven months of. Danger, where we get good stuff like that. We'll see. Perhaps I'm asking for too much, but uh, as I for right now, it has
1: potential, with the exception of maybe a few minutes you imagine? I, if I love that <laughs> I love trailing off there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, A shift on a scale one to five. What do you give it? I- I'm going uh,
4: three and a half as well to make it easy for Logan you don't have to do that, but I, I'll go three and a half as well. Just to
1: <laughs> all right. So a definite solid outing. So uh, mm-hmm. a good, good solid outing. So awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. So that ends tonight. So on our next episode, episode number seven, we will go to December 14th. So I will run down these matches for you and you take it for what it's worth. Okay. Oh, our first match will be Bobby Eaton and Steve Austin versus Tom Zink and Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. Potential there. Um, then we'll go to uh, WCW Pro where we have Anderson and Eaton versus the Freebirds. Um, uh, WCW Pro. <sighs> Jesus. Worldwide Wrestling, we'll have Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, and Arn Anderson versus <laughs> Big Josh P. and News and Arachna Man. Oh, Good- God. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> hey, hey, P. and News surprised us. Maybe he can pull out us another one. All right? Uh, that edition of Saturday Night, will have a rematch between Steve Austin and Arachnum Man. Good God. But we bring it home strong with the main event of Bobby Eaton versus Ricky Dragon Steamboat. Mm. That has potential to be great. Yeah, that could be awesome. Yep. So those are the matches I have listed for our next episode. So I get the feeling that we aren't too keen on a couple of those matches.
2: Uh, you don't say. <laughs> you think so, huh? <laughs> anyway,
1: we'll see. We might be pleasantly surprised. You never know. So with that, that ends this episode. Gentlemen, as always, thanks for joining me. This has been a great time, even though the last, like, uh, what well, should have been the last five minutes lasted an hour, but that's because we had a debate Larry Zabisco, which is fucking unreal that we had to do that.
2: <laughs> well, before you we go, Matt, anything you would like to plug? Uh, you can find me right here on the No So Feed on the Extreme Three-Way Dance. We are into 1997. Uh, we are closing in on on Wrestlepalooza 1997, which is a big show for ECW, so uh, definitely give that a listen if you have not. Uh, you can also find me on Piece of the Action, where I there may or may not be a new episode of that show out by the time you're hearing this, who can say, featuring one Sean Kidd, where we watched Roadhouse. So also give that a listen on the Place to Be Nation pop feed, and you can find me on Twitter, at msusan1991.
1: Awesome. Hey, Logan, you would have enjoyed being on Roadhouse with us, because... There's a lot of cocktail in Roadhouse, so you're going to have to listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about us being on our shit. It really is the movie. You stole probably 50% of it from cocktails. So you have to listen to that. Gotcha. Uh, Logan, how about you? What do you got to pimp?
4: Um, I, most of my steps on the Place of a Nation wrestling feed, uh, YouTube roulette uh, that I do with y'all y'all three fellas and Jake, Jake Williams, uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. Uh, we're trudging through. Uh, 2005 almost to 2006 uh we just we'll, we'll probably almost be a turning point uh, by the time this pod comes out um wrestling chicken salad and popcorn chicken salad uh those are both uh they're they're looking at uh Kind of guilty pleasure uh, of the movie part the popcorn uh, one and then the worst pay-per-views of all time with the wrestling portion uh and then starflation where we're kind of going back and looking at dave melcher's five-star matches and kind of regrading them based on the new seven-star scale
1: so check all that stuff out god logan cross in a new hardest working man in podcast man everything hardest <laughs> working man in podcasting scott shiflett how about you uh, yeah, just
3: check out Crock and Roll on the PTB and Wrestling feed. Uh, Logan mentioned all the other pods I'm on. And uh, it can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shifflett.
1: Hey, imagine that. Most of us all do podcasts together. But so anyway, huh. um, call me crazy. I don't know why. But uh, so yeah, uh, NW Crock and Roll. So by the time this comes out over on uh, the Place to Be feed, uh, Shift is obviously my co-host over there. And actually Logan will be joining us for July too. So by the time this comes out, We should be smack dab in the Great American Bash of 1986, which is one of those moments of that time that is considered one of the greatest uh, months in professional wrestling. Uh, The 86 Bash has some bangers in it. and um, That'll be a lot of fun to talk about. So uh, please give that one a listen as well as all the other podcasts that we mentioned. I am going to uh, give a plug out for Matt and the three-way dance. I'll be perfectly honest. I have been sporadically listening to that get, pod, we but I got get, hooked on the barely, barely legal one. Um, and I thought you guys did an amazing job, so I've actually listened to the new one that came out today as of this recording, so I think I'm actually hooked on
2: listening to that now. So. Well, I appreciate that. It's a, a great time going through all that stuff. Stuff I haven't seen in a very long time, or in a lot of cases at all, so it's been great going through that stuff.
1: Yeah, so that's a really good pod, and then obviously you guys know I love all the other pods because I do the all of them with you. So off with that... <laughs> Um, I am Sean Kidd, he's Logan Cross, and he's Scott Schifflit, he's Matt Susan. We will see you guys on two weeks on episode number seven of Seven Months of Danger. Till then,
0: talk to you ain't coming off wet.